Network Note. This is an archived episode from the Education Podcast done by Water's Edge Marketplace in 2015. Enjoyed the broadcast, Vilcher Network Management. The Phoenix Files with Alani is an impromptu podcast that could be about anything. Alani, the Parlor City psychic medium, will get an impulse to talk about a topic, and will talk about it. The views, topics, opinions, comments are those of the expressor, and are not necessarily those of the other host, other podcast or of the management. All programs on the Let's Talk It All network are, at will, programs, and as such you the listener can just turn it off if you are offended by the content. We are also under the legal stipulations of Let's Talk It All network. Enjoy the show. to Water's Edge Marketplace, next podcast, education. This is Alani, and it's Friday the 24th of April, and I'm kind of excited. Tonight is the premiere of Tales of Dracula, a Wolfbane production, and with us today is Wayne W. Johnson, actor, singer, songwriter, and the man himself, the Dark Prince Dracula. That's me. Hi, and welcome. Hi. You didn't know they edited my voice, right? Well, you know, sometimes this, everything looks different on the screen. <laughs> no. You know? I don't know why I did that, but... Welcome. No one. How are you? Thank you for having me. Doing great. Are you excited about tonight? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. No, no cape? Are you going to wear a cape later? Those, the capes all belong to Joe, and they are like in a vault. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, and I can understand why, because they're very authentic and everything. So Joe, um, yeah, I... Even if it was for promotions, I doubt I could even borrow one to, oh, no. you know, unless he was right there and had to make had sure. Had the guards, exact, like the yeah. diamonds, the runway Oscars. One interesting thing about one of those capes, um, just to veer off topic like I always do, um, it's one of them, uh, actually, they, there's like little poles at the end. So when you do that, you know, the, the classic Dracula pose, like the... The, the bat wings. The, yeah. It's it, that's how you do it because you're holding the poles. It's it's, a, it's an interesting little trick there. Hey, you know, illusion you know. is everything. Mm-hmm. I thought about wearing a cloak to the premiere tonight, but I thought that might be a little out of place. My hair covers that. <laughs> it's like yeah. a cloak in a way. So well, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, just in case people are not sure, tonight at Roberson at at uh, six o'clock is the premiere of Tales of Dracula, and that's at uh, Front Street in Binghamton, New York. Okay, so Wayne, tell me about you. How did you get into the acting book? Well, um, originally uh, I started out with music when I was in high school. And uh, for kind of a strange reason, um, it w- I mean, I dabbled with it a little bit here and there throughout the years. But I didn't really get into it. Um, there's two main reasons, and one I'm not sure I can say here. But uh, one of the reasons was peer pressure, because uh, all my friends were musicians or aspiring music, uh, musicians, so I kind of wanted to be part of the group, you know, because I was being left out and everything like no that. No one likes that. And um, the other reason, well, let's just say, um, you know, this was high school when the hormones were starting to kick in, and um, it was a great way to exercise those hormones. Great way to meet chicks. Girls love yeah, the band. Yeah, that that's pretty shallow, um, but that's the truth, that's and uh, I mean, you know, and it that held for a while until I went to college and I have a bachelor's degree in music. So, and by that time I was into music for music's sake, but where acting came into that was, um, 
would say like around 11th grade, I got my first taste of acting. I had to do, um, I was in a Spanish class and I had to do, they had us do a video project. And uh, part of that was like being in a band. So I kind of had fun with that. Um, and then I had to do a commercial and this is all in Spanish. And it was like for selling cereal, and I don't know why um, I did this, but I'm like, I had like this like ski mask on, and I had this this like karate mask on. It was like, you know, when you're fighting, and I'm kicking this box around and all this stuff. And by the way, if anybody has a copy of this video, please contact me. I've been wanting to get a copy of it for so long, and I, it's supposedly it's destroyed. So, um, but it would I would just love to see that because it was just it's so freaky. Um, and the reaction I got out of that was uh, incredible because I was viewed as like a very shy kid at, at, and all of a sudden this happens and it's like, what the hell is this? Um, and then after that, uh, the last year of high school, there was a theater course. So I took that and I did very well with that. Um, I had a lot of people saying, you know, this is what you should be doing. So I was kind of at a crossroads between uh, music and acting at that point. But then uh, the hormones won, <laughs> you know, so I went towards there. And uh, I did that for a number of years, um, was in various bands, and eventually started my own band, which was Caroline Blue, and was doing okay with that. Um, there was ups and downs and everything, and then um, things kind of fell out with my last line, permanent lineup. And kind of, anytime that happens, you have to start over again, and uh, coincidentally, around the same time, I got laid off my job, and um, it was kind of like, well, you know... The last music video that I did for Caroline Blue around that time, uh, you know, it's like acting. It's, it, it's basically the same thing. You're lip syncing to the music, and I don't just stand still, um, you know, shaking my ass around in leather tights. So be that as it may. Um, it's much better that you dance it around. Though. But <laughs> Thank you. But I, um, you know, I just, uh, I was really enjoying being in front of the camera so you know it was kind of, it kind of reawakened that acting bug in me and I started looking into it I started looking into the possibilities of, the, of that and I was like yeah let me, let me give this a shot at least so I can say that I tried because right. um that to me is a you know if you have this lingering doubt that you at least you didn't try that's pretty bad I mean at least I get I, you know with music even if it, even if it's music I just totally abandoned it mm-hmm. I could say at least I gave it a shot. We've got two albums out. We've got all these music videos out. There's airplay in various countries and blah, blah, blah. Um, so at least there's, you know, I did that. Um, instead of just sitting there going like I would have, I could have, I should have, I've, you know. Oh, the would have, could have, should have. Yeah, I, that, that would bug the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give it a shot and see how I would do. And um, it just kind of snowballed from there, Yeah. really. And, uh, you know, so, um, and here I am so far. It, it, it kind of threw... Just through time, he became professional at it. I mean, he went from being well. The thing was, I I knew very early on that um, you know I had very little acting training. I mean, I had that theater course, but of course, that's just one course. And even today, I still don't have a lot of actual training. I mean, I've taken um, some webinars and I've read a ton of books, watched videos and stuff like that. But in terms of actual training in a classroom and uh, coaching and all that stuff, I have very little. And I do want to build on that. Um, unfortunately, that requires the magic item known as money. And, um, you know, right now uh, I'm, I'm doing, I, I subscribe to Method Acting. And uh, right now I'm doing a great acting job of being a broke actor. I mean, it's just, I think, I'm really, I think, stretching the boundaries of that. You've got it. <laughs> so it's, uh, 
I just, I just have to find the off button somewhere. But, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, I basically, when I started acting, it was like, okay, um, I don't have a lot of training, so I don't have that on my side. I don't, I have some contacts for music, and that's, I utilized as much as I could with that, and that helped me a lot. But I'm going to basically, it's going to come down to my look and my willingness to basically almost do anything to advance further up the ladder. Um, and that means swallowing your ego. That means uh, someone's going to probably edit ego for something else in there. That's <laughs> probably going to happen. Um, you know, and just, which is a good policy anyway. When you're acting, you don't want to be the, a problem person because, you know, that kind of kills your chances of being on future productions. That, right. that doesn't mean you're a doormat, but, you know, there's a time and place for everything. Um, and so basically I just threw myself into the deep end and said, hey, let's learn how to swim here. So my, my teaching was actually just getting on as many sets as I could and uh, learning everything and just absorbing everything and not just focusing on what I was doing. I was definitely paying attention, and I still do this, uh, to what everybody else is doing, and I watch what they're doing. And um, I, I pick up stuff almost every film or any production that I do I pick up at least one new thing to add into my arsenal so and that's it just keeps building it's like snowball and um, because early on I could only rely on my look I mean I'm almost basically on 6'3 got the long hair got a little bit of that intensity about me right. so that would give me certain roles and then from there maybe build upon that you could and, see your, your range yeah. even collecting well it, it's a, originally I was the guy that got killed all the time and I was the guy who uh, the villain um, it's very important to know what you're when you're acting one of the first things to learn is uh, be aware of what your type is mm -hmm. um, most actors if you talk to them especially in the beginning they'll say oh, I can play anything and that's nice and some people can um, to various degrees but more realistically you're kind of you know, if, if you're somebody who is, uh, you, let's say it's a woman who projects totally uh, like a badass. Can I say that? You can say bad. Yeah. Um, not yeah. the other one. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even hear the other one. Um, but let's say she just has that vibe. She just yeah. totally, you know, you see her in like, bam, okay, that, that person's somebody like in a gang or somebody who's like all this that. stuff. Yeah. But she keeps going for the all-American girl roles. Chances are more often than not, it's... The not going to work because it, it doesn't seem to be there. Not to say that there's that someone can't do that, but you you have to establish that you can do that. And for that door to open, it takes a lot longer than your type. You know what you lean towards. Like for example, I do. Um, I've done roles where I've like played like comic roles and nerd roles. And you see me. I'm like six three. I'm kind of a big guy. I got the hair and everything like that. Playing a nerd kind of doesn't work, but. I've done that a couple of times already and thrown in humor here and there and stuff. So it kind of, it helps a little bit. It makes things more interesting. Do you believe you're a nerd? Actually, I, I actually do. Um, from growing up, I kind of was. I basically, I was in the Dungeons and Dragons a lot and, uh, you know, just kind of, I was uh, an honor student um, and I kind of kept to myself. I, I was that, <laughs> this is the story I always say, I was that kid at the prom 
you know, when uh, there's always at least one kid who's like begging all these different women to go. And Please, come yeah, on. yeah, that that was that was me uh, back then. I mean, I had a bowl haircut back then. I mean, you know, I didn't well, have, you know, so and I had the, like a, this big tiger belt buckle, and I always wore je this jean jacket all the time and stuff. And so I was, you know, I was a chick magnet, obviously. Um, <laughs> you know, so you know, and so there, that that nerd part of me is still there, and it always will be. You know. What, no matter how many layers I put on top of it, it's it's always going to be there, and it's nice to draw from. from time Good to time. for you. Yeah, you know, yeah, I have no no shame with that. Yeah. I, I love Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. It's great stuff. Well, you know, it's all about the casting. No, well, well, you know, you know, it's about the fun you're going to yeah. have with. You know, mm -hmm. sure. So, what are some of your experiences that you've had? I mean, you talked a little bit about the early days. Mm -hmm. There must have been something that you walked into and said, "Wow, this is this is." Amazing. Another one's what? Oh my! What am I? What's going on here? <laughs> um, I w probably the best way to, to, to say that to answer that would be that almost every production has a mixture of both, and it really depends on the people you're working with. Um, usually, you're, you have a pretty good heads up of what you have to do, um, but then when you get on location, um, there might be things that happen that all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, this is not what I expected. Which, if you don't you know, if you're on an upper level, um, they'll have blocking and they'll have rehearsals and all that stuff and everything. And lots, a lot of times on the indie level, that doesn't happen. You get there and basically you have to adjust right on the spot uh, many times. And sometimes it's, you know, if, if, if you have to do like stunts or fighting or something like that, it can be kind of scary. Did you take you some know. stage combat and, and learn? Um, I actually have some martial arts in my background. Uh, I've dabbled and done stuff with martial arts since I was... I think 11 or 12, maybe a little younger, um, and uh, in uh, Kojiru Karate, and uh, and I've thrown little things in there here and there and stuff like that. So I've I've always kept myself in shape, and for until recently, um, <laughs> but uh, it's um, you know, and stage fighting it's it's actually a little different. Well, the the best way to put it is it's almost like doing like uh, WWE wrestling in a way. The the number one uh, priority is safety, of course. You don't want anybody to be injured, but you have to sell it. Uh, it's got to look believable. You know, the person throwing the punch or the, or the kick has to sell that they're throwing, like, an actual kick or punch, and then the person receiving it has to sell that they're receiving something like that. And it's to a, a degree... Dance. It's yeah, a dance. Yeah, it, it is. It's very much like a dance, especially when you do the choreography and everything. Um, and, you know, angles, camera angles can hide a lot of things. Um, which is great. Uh, you know, obviously it would be the best if you could get everything, no matter what the angle. You know, it's right there because the rehearsal is so. But usually in indie films, that's not a luxury that you have. So you, you make do with what you can. And sometimes there's been situations where um, uh, there was this one film that I did that, um, you know, the, the script called for like this huge area and we're surrounded. Uh, I think it's what it is. It's, it was for the movie Half Dead. Um, and I play a character named Boxy Enforcer in that movie, and uh, I have a fight scene with the lead character. His name is, uh, I can't remember his character's name, but his, uh, the actual name of the actor's name is Mark Joseph Peek. And um, we get there, and we're getting ready and stuff, and all of a sudden, um, the producer, Matt Peters, kind of pulls me off to the side, and he goes, well, we kind of lost the, the area where you're going to fight. So you're going to fight in this room, which is half the size. It's enclosed. There's nobody around here. There's nails sticking out from the wall oh, um you know and then 
and then on top of that, uh, he tried uh, an interesting thing, which I haven't seen him do since. Maybe it's because of what happened to me. But, you know, normally when you fight, you do, you, you might do one continuous take of the entire thing, but then you break it down. The whole fighting scene for that was all one take, and then this angle, all one take. And I actually got injured pretty badly. Oh, jeez. Um, in that. And maybe that's why he doesn't do that anymore. But, uh, you know, I've been injured a lot. I mean, it's I've had injuries with music, but no nowhere near as much as acting. I mean, there's all sorts of things that you, you have, you walk in and, Sometimes you just have to adjust on the spot. You're in the moment. Well, yeah. You know, it's you know, if you're if you get punched and you fall down on the ground, you're not thinking, oh, you know, my back. I gotta pause. You just you get hit and you just go down. It's yeah. just that's it. Don't think about it. Just let your body kind of. Of course, you have to have safety and everything. But in a real life situation, if somebody came up to you and hit you, you're not thinking. You know, you're how and you're you're, you're on down. the ground. Right. You know, before you know it, and you know, as you get older, it takes a little longer to recover. But nicely said. Mm-hmm. A little older, you get a little harder. It does. It, it does. Yeah, everything takes longer. And that's really. But that's that's okay. That's why we Solid. have blue pills. That's well. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Do you have any particular kinds of roles or personas that you like to play? I would. When I first started, I was like thinking, yeah, I could play everything. I, I was one of those guys. I could do anything. But I soon learned real quick that um, I was the type of guy that it was just so much easier for me to play the type of person who could inflict damage on somebody rather than being the person having the damage inflicted upon. <laughs> um, I did. Uh, there was a couple of things that I've done where I've played a victim. Um, there's one that I would love. It's kind of locked in post-production it's been since 2010 2011 it's a movie called um slow food and i can't wait till that comes out because that's me playing a, a classic stoner Uh-oh. so i'm talking like this the whole time man and i'm wondering where the hell is this gonna come out man because you know the vibe is lost here man you know so i'm, I'm doing that and I'm, I'm like a victim guy and i get killed and it's very rare for me to play that type of role both roles actually so um you know, but it was just so much easier to, for me to be the bad guy, mm-hmm. to be inflicting damage. And a lot of times the bad guys are, you know, not always, but they're they're a little more interesting. They they have more layers on them. They're more fun. Well, there's that too. It's it's. I mean, like, um, you know, I feel so bad if I'm in a horror movie and you got the victims and they're always in summer clothes. You know, oh, especially wow. the women. They're wearing the really scanty, scant, scanty clothes and everything. And we're in the we're in the middle of winter filming. There's just no snow around, but it's it's freezing, oh. and I'm the villain, and I'm I got layers on, and I'm just which that reverses if we go into summer because then all of a sudden I I melt oh, <laughs> literally because yeah. I heat up real fast. So it's you know, but and I've had to deal with that too. So. But I tend to go with those roles. I like if I get something that that has what I call layers. I mean that that appeals to me. I mean you know playing the stereotypical bad guy who just is. He's just wants to rule the world kind of character. That's okay. I mean, in a sense, but it's kind of I've done that so much in so many different independent projects and everything. You, you know, I always want to make them a little different. Right. That's why I'll change the look, I'll change the voice, I'll change the as much as I can. Yeah. But after a while, it gets you know you're playing so many, and, and just with that in and of itself, it it gets a little limiting after a while. Mm-hmm. So then that's where the layers come into play, and other things in there and um, hopefully I'm doing good with those.
you're getting the parts, right? You gotta be doing something right. Something I must right. be doing something right. So I want to talk about your music for a little bit. Sure. Well, the stuff I've been reading was kind of interesting. Um, you've been in a lot of Central New York bands, right? Mm -hmm. And some of the names I loved. Cupid's Curse, Three that, Large Men. Um, <laughs> it's actually Four Large Men. Four Large Men. Yeah. Um, Tastes Like Chicken and Spider Babies. Love that name, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, Cupid's Curse actually never got off the ground. Um, that was... Uh, the remnants of a band I was in called X-Rated, which was the first band Right, the first band. And that blew up. And then it was trying to reform as Cupid's Curse, but then before that, we even did our first show, that kind of splintered. So that that was kind of gone. Um, Four Large Men is probably one of the, uh, outside of Caroline Blue, it's probably okay. the band I'm most known for okay. in the CNY area because they used to play quite a lot throughout the 90s in the CNY area. We even did some shows down here in Binghamton. Did you really? Yeah, down at the... Um, the Taz. Okay. All right. There's a TV thing. We, we did a Battle of the Bands thing down there. And um, we, there's a very interesting review that I have a copy of that never fails to uh, provoke humor at my expense. <laughs> uh, because the interviewer basically said, um, pointed me out in one part and said, uh, I can't do this without sounding like I'm bragging. Uh, and it's on my page on Facebook. Um, it basically said uh, I was a particularly large man and I jumped off the stage and I proceeded to sweat and grind all over him and his jalapeno peppers. <laughs> uh, and he so appreciated that. Yeah, it was a he too. <laughs> so that's even better. Um, yeah, it was, it's, uh, it's not bad. I mean, it's, I don't, I can't remember. I mean, I did jump off that stage and run around, but I can't remember actually jumping on his table and grinding, <laughs> let alone sweating on his jalapeno peppers. Oh, but, um, in this day and age, I don't think that's a proper. Uh, well, but, yeah. you know. But, so, uh, so Caroline Blue, mm -hmm. how did that name come about? That's actually a, a code word at a retail store I used to work at. Um, they used to have, um, they were called... Uh, all the code words were actually just called, uh, in general, Carolines, and then the colors were, uh, they would designate different emergencies. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Caroline White, for example, was like a tornado coming. Caroline Red is fire, obviously, and stuff like that. Caroline Blue, and this is not why I, I picked the name, Caroline Blue meant medical emergency, and I think that's still going. It's Kmart's, by the way. Um, I think they still have that. Um, and if they call it just Caroline, that just means there's somebody trying to rip off something, get... All Get the everybody there. up there, so not that they can do anything about it. They can just sit there and watch they the guy walk, yeah. you know, these days. But, um, but I just like the sound of it, and it didn't to me. It didn't pigeonhole the name with a certain style of music. Although later on, I was told it sounds a little country. It sounds a little like this and that because our music. I mean, it even, you know, it's like uh, to me, it just it doesn't pigeonhole the, the band. I can kind of do what I want with it, mm -hmm. which is kind of like Caroline Blue music. It's like, it does follow that melodic hard rock thing for the mm -hmm. most part, like like Kiss, but there's some stuff that's heavier, there's some stuff that's lighter, and I like having that flexibility. It's kind of like my acting. I, I kind of like to have the layers. I like to ha have the flexibility to throw in something here. So if I'm playing a real bad guy, I like to throw a little humor in somewhere. Or, you know... Keeps the audience interacting. Well, it's, it's actually more real. I mean, because it's rare that in, in my opinion it's rare that somebody's just so one-dimensional that they just fit this and that's it there's always something there you know you could have somebody who like you're at work and the person's like a total jerk to everybody out there but he gets home and he's such a loving father to his kids mm -hmm. it's like a total 180 you know that's a layer 
you know, it's, and there's got to be some reason why he is the way he is at work, and then that's where you go in deeper and deeper. And develop their backstory. And yeah. You have yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so you've been doing acting and music for a while. Where would you like to take both? I mean, can you see them melding? Well, the, the music, um, unfortunately, has been taking a backseat for a number of years just because I'm so busy with, uh, with acting. Uh, number one. Number two, with acting, I only have to really be responsible for myself. Although, um, this production that I'm currently about to, it's about to start filming uh, in July. I am a co-writer and uh, uh, part of the production team. That's Romeo 3000 yeah. by uh, Mad Angel Films in association with Yellow House CNY and my own production company, WWJ Productions, which currently the only thing they really have at the moment is the two CDs that Caroline Blue has done. Um, so, that's good and bad because on the one hand it's good because you learn more you do more there's a lot more involved the rewards are better of course the, you know if things go bad then it's worse too um, but of course the thing is if you're just acting I could do like maybe 20 films in one year mm-hmm. whereas if you're producing there's no way you can you're, you're stuck you know even on indie level you're stuck at well it depends on how you your quality and how fast you do things, but I, for most people that I know, like maybe two or three a year, and I guess that's okay. But you know, I'd rather be working and doing stuff. I, I like being in different productions and acting, and I'd rather stick with that. Maybe every once in a while, like the Romeo Three Thousand, kind of put myself here, but then go right back to acting. Plus, it's um, I only have to really rely on take care of myself, responsibility myself, instead of a band where you know, in Caroline Blue, I ran it, um, so. There was it was like being the leader of a team. It's a lot of hats. And a lot of hats. There's a lot of money that has to be put forward just for the band. I mean, it does with acting too, but especially a band these days because they can't really rely on traditional sources of revenue. So, for the most part, so for various reasons. Oh, sure. So, uh, and there's just a lot more acting gigs. I mean, it's. And it's just more satisfying right now to me. I mean, I, I still want to put, I still have a lot of music I want to put out, a lot of music videos I want to do. You've gotten a lot of time. Uh, well, I, I, believe it or not, I, it's funny, I, you know, when I was laid off from my job and I thought, you know, oh, this is great, I've got so much time now and I can do so many things. That's not true. Things, things for, at least for me, they, they just filled up real quick. There's all these things I had to do um, in preparation for acting. Uh, just doing that, I, like, again, I had to, rely on my look so I wanted to be in the best shape I could be so I had to mm-hmm. basically you know I went through P90X and all this other stuff and just basically said look I've, I've got to get to where I you know kind of close to a leading man type of thing as much as possible so you know in, in terms of look and stuff I mean granted I mean you know it's, you know well I was kind of going into ego land there so let's get out of that <laughs> so let's talk about Dracula Okay. So, as we said, Wolf Bane Productions is an independent program, a company, mm-hmm. um, with uh, J- Joe DeMuro and Tom Rice. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tales of Dracula is that classic horror, kind of universal monster hammer film kind of look and feel to it. Yeah, so I have no idea why they had me. No, <laughs> joking. Well, I'll tell you, you, you make Dracula look natural, like you've stepped right into his skin. Oh, thank you. It looks really very good. Thank you. Thumbs up. Thank you. Is this your first time playing Dracula? 
It's the first time playing Dracula. It's not the first time playing vampires. Um, oh, okay. It's kind of funny because I've played um, vampires before, and I made a mistake, and I kind of made the reverse mistake with Dracula. Um, I was in a movie, which I think is coming out next month on DVD for Bad Angel Films, called Crimson Moon. And my hair was even shorter than it is in, in the Dracula movie. Okay. Because at the time, it was like, my hair, when I, when I got laid off and when I was still with music, was past the midpoint of my back. Okay. And it's, I knew that would limit me severely on right. the number of roles. I mean, I'm with AMS models, and my hair, even this length, is, is limiting me with that. So um, that's just the way it is, unless I want to play native roles and stuff, which right. is nothing wrong with that, but it, I'm kind of in the wrong state, you know, in, in, on a, a couple different levels for that, because I've, I've worked down in Virginia, for example, and they're, they're doing stuff all the time down there. So if I wanted to do, like, Native American roles... I would, it would be better for me to go down to places like that and just hit that network. Um, but anyway, um, for this, for the movie with Mad Angel Films, it's called Crimson Moon. And I play a, a kind of an evil vampire, you know, kind of character. But uh, I always thought the vampires looked better and maybe a little more seductive with longer hair. So I actually wore a wig. Not realizing, number one, um, in time, wigs deteriorate. So we... Uh, we shot most of it in 2011, and then we had to do some pickups in 2013. And I couldn't really get another wig. I, when the wig is on and it and it's on right, it's kind of hard to tell. It kind of looks like, and because I've had long hair for so long, it kind of flows in. It's not like somebody who has had short hair for a real long time, and then all of a sudden they put on a long wig, and it kind of looks. It's just something doesn't seem right, just because right. you're not used to seeing them. People are used They'll to seeing me with long hair. With long well, there's that too. Hair. So, yeah. but when it's on right, it's pretty decent. When it's wrong, I, you know, because of my size and everything, I, I look like a like a transvestite linebacker or something like that. It's, it's just, it just. It doesn't it's, work. It's way off. And um, there are times where it got loose. There's times where... And so I, I, I haven't seen what it looks like yet, so I can only imagine what it's going to look like when I see it. And that was the more typical evil guy and all this stuff. Right. And I, you know, um, So I got to play vampires that way. But then when it came to doing Dracula, I knew some basic stuff, but uh, because of the role, uh, the way that they were going with it and stuff, I had to do my research. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I started with the original... Uh, Bella movies right. back in the 30s and worked my way up uh, to Frank Langella in 1979 and his Dracula movie and that's, eyes in that. and that's well that's the thing it's yeah. like they, they wanted me to kind of be more a little bit like that and, you know and have the hands kind of like in the, the three thing and, right. and that type of way and kind of mix it you know in a sense so that's kind of what I did I, I kind of took a little Bella here I, I was more inspired by Frank, but I, you had to have some Bella here, you had to have some Christopher Leave here, yeah. you've got all these little things here, and um, I was very aware that um, since this was done in classic style, um, I didn't really want to tread on on that path, like, you get a lot of people, what they'll, you know, when they get roles like this in the modern day, what they'll do is they'll say, oh, I'm going to make it my own, and they're almost like, like telling the classic fans, oh, the hell with it, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just you're going to follow me or, or you're not. And most more often than not, they don't. They'll be like, oh, yeah, that's, then you're like one of these vampires. No, that's not there's Dracula. No, there's, there's no imprint, no, right. There's no imprint. So I wanted to stay really close to that, but maybe just add a few touches here. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, like my hair. That right there is enough because the traditional Dracula does not have long hair. Although 
in this production, it's Vlad the Impaler. And he had long and hair. And he had long hair. So, although it was longer than what I had. See, that's a, that, that was the reversal I was saying right, earlier. Right. It's like I should have had my hair like this length right here. I think it would have been much better. Okay. Um, now, maybe in the sequel, you know, all of a sudden he grows hair yeah, somehow. Okay. You know, I would like that because the, the thing is, if I have to cut my hair that length again, it, all I can do is really the Dracula role. I can't do right, anything else. Whereas, because at the time, you know, right. it's uh, so. Well, and just to add little things here and there. And that was a lot of fun because I had to deepen my voice. Because this Dracula, it's like, uh, it was very conscious where they didn't want, like, anything even close to, like, the Twilight vampires or anything like that. They wanted this person to be, like, evil. Personified. Personified. He's a cold, inhuman creature. And none of this, you know, even the Frank version. The Frank version, you know, he was this romantic. Right. You know, I'm looking for my lost love. He's not really like that here. He's... He's basically saying, I'm looking for a bride. If you just killed this one, I'm just going to grab another one. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Well, this is how, someone asked me to describe how I thought, you know, Dracula. And I said, well, I said, it's a sweet role, you know, the evil villain, misunderstood lover, serious vitamin D deficient, coffin dwelling romantic. <laughs> vitamin D deficient. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's just an I awesome guess it's better role. vitamin B, B deficient. Well, well, then, you know. You know I could just drink Rockstar or Monster or something like that. So... But villains having more fun, and you've got to play Dracula. I mean, you get to check it off your bucket list, so to speak. In a way, um, I, I do hope that there's a sequel. Um, it is a lot of fun to play the character. The only thing I ask, and I kind of made a joke of this, I think, yesterday on Joe's Facebook page, or Tales. I just hope I can get an outfit that's a little more custom-fitting to me. Because <laughs> that jacket I was wearing was... Um, there's a picture on it. It's perfect. You, I put that jacket on there, and it's like a little kid putting on his dad's jacket. <laughs> I mean, it's so huge. Um, I mean, uh, you know... Oh, pizza's here. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it's... Uh, um, Sorry about the ringing in the background. That's okay. Oh, that you're not talking to me. You're talking to the yeah, that's there. Yeah. Our, our multitudes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would love to play that again. Well, I, you've, I, you've joined that club. You know, you're, you're, you've got the embodiment of a classic monster. <laughs> and you've, you, you've joined the club. So, I hope so. I mean, it's uh, there's so many people. There's so, there's been so many Dracula movies out there, and there's only a few that are. Well, it depends on your ranking. I mean, there's there's the club, you know, and then you have the club, which is everybody, you know. And I would say I'm in that club where everybody's there, but the club, you know, the classic ones. It would be nice um, to eventually. I think I think uh, you need at least one more to, to to strengthen it. I mean, one film is right. is good, but you know, to get a, get another one in there. Maybe maybe a third one on top of that to really develop the character and really get that home run in. You know, that would, I think, help in that. But, you know, who knows? I mean, we'll have to see how well this one does. Well, there you go. And you got to play with the monster and the werewolf. Mm-hmm. How much fun was that? Well, no, I didn't get to play the werewolf. No, play with them. Oh, with them. Yeah. Yes. Oh, play, play with them. them. Play yes, yes, yes. That was that was interesting to, to, to do that. And um, the only thing that was a little... Uh, that's the word I'm looking for. The fight scene between me and Joe DeMero, who's playing uh, the Frankenstein monster, we didn't have as much time as we would have liked to really develop that into something that um, I think that, I mean, uh, it's, I'll, I guess I'll find out tonight how it is because right. I really don't know how, because I've heard there's been some editing with it and stuff like that, so I'm not sure exactly how it's going to turn out, but um, we, we were really pressed for time when it came to that, and part of that was my fault, not 
well, I was also filming something earlier that day, and they let out late, and... And life gets in the way. Well, it wasn't even necessarily that. It's like the other role I had to play, um, I was playing a villain, and he had greased hair. All slicked back, you can't have Dracula with the slick hair. At least not the way I was portraying it, so I had to travel, and this was out in Utica, then coming out to Binghamton, so there's hours, delays, and all oh, this stuff, sure. so by the time I showed up, everyone's dead tired and wanting to go home, But and here I am, and then on top of that, one of my contacts messed up, so I was in pain throughout the yeah, entire they, shoot. Those, you know, but so. looking at Greta's contacts, and they look like they could be uncomfortable, yes. They can. Um, they're, um, it's weird, because um, I went to uh, an eye specialist recently to get my eyes checked, and I was asking, you know, what's the best way to get some custom contacts? And he said, you're not supposed to, they're illegal. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, because they can permanently damage your eye. They can leak and they can do all that stuff. So as far as he knew, now that's just one person saying that. I'd never heard that it was illegal to do that, but it makes sense because your eyes are so fragile sure. and so yeah. delicate. You know, it doesn't take much. I mean, I've had contact problems where literally any air that even hits it, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm it in major like pain. Pebble so, in there, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I was in major pain when we were doing the fight scene. So, I mean, maybe I'll, you'll see me wincing. Well, with, you know, I don't know. The the makeup is amazing. Everybody's makeup is amazing. Mm -hmm. Such a great. Yeah, Ron did a and great job Ron with Cumberland, that. Cumberland, right? Uh, Chamberlain. Chamberlain. Yeah. Sorry, Ron. Oh, it's okay. I hope I got it right. <laughs> Especially if I haven't seen somebody in a long time, but it's uh, well, you and me both, Mister. Yeah, so, I'll tell you. Yeah, Ron was Ron was uh, was awesome. He, I remember one time I was uh, in the middle of having my stuff on, and he said, "Well, if you want to wait, just check out my portfolio." And I looked through it, and I'm like, "Wow! I mean, it's just he's got that classic monster look. I mean, whether it's Planet of the Apes, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Mummy, Dracula, all that. It's it's pretty much just spot on, you know." So I was like. Damn. When you when you look at yourself in the mirror and you see that character, just it's got to just feed the oh, yeah. acting. Oh yeah, definitely. It's amazing, and and the mm -hmm. quality and that he did. Mm -hmm. Just I can't wait to see it. I mean, when you see the little trailers, you see it at a, a glimpse. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to see it when. Oh, yeah, I um, I mean that's one reason why I, I try to change my look. Especially if I'm doing similar type roles, you know, I always try to change something here and there because it helps to um, get more into the role. I mean, there's certain actors, even on high levels, that just basically they just play themselves over and over and over again. I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that because it really isn't. I mean, if that's what they do and it's successful, then that's what they do. To me, it would just be kind of, I don't want to say boring, but it's just kind of stagnant. It's just kind of, I want to play more. I don't want to be like one of those guys that's like, you know, uh, I, I know, for example, there's people on sets uh, that I've worked on where they'll say they won't do something because they wouldn't do that. And it's like, well, you're but not your playing you. Your, your character would, though. I mean, if you've turned that to me, it's like, oh, so I'm, I'm a killer. I'm a rapist. I'm, a, I'm this evil warlord. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm beating women apart. I'm slashing people apart. I'm doing all this stuff. That's, you know, I wouldn't do that in real life, I don't think. <laughs> so it's... Uh, you know, so um, I wonder if that got picked up on there. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's part of playing the role, and mm -hmm. um, that's part of the challenge and also part of the fun, mm -hmm. especially if you can pull it. When you can pull that off and people are like, wow, they don't, that's like, I, didn't think, I didn't think you could do that. Yeah. And you pull it off and it looks natural. Um, that's, that's what great. leaves the audience spellbound. If they can travel with you 
and lose it, lose themselves in you. Yeah, if, they, your if, you're, if you're playing the character and they're not going, oh, he's acting, oh, this actor's not bad or something like that, if they're just focused in and not necessarily even on, on you, but your role in the story. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not disrupting it, so they're fully into the story, They and by being fully in the story, they believe that you are that role. Then you've done your job, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, if there's something wrong, like every time you come into the scene and there's something off, and it doesn't even have to be very obvious. It could be just something very subtle that just inside somebody, they'll be like, mm, I'm not quite buying that. Um, you know, and it's hard. It's really hard to sure. do. And, um, you know, but that to me is what you aim for when you're performing it so that you're just part of the story. It's all flowing. And, um, you know, it's kind of like saying uh, sometimes the best recognition is when nobody's criticizing you. Oh, you know, it's like you're, you're, it's like, you know, something that you kind of take for granted in the background. It's like, oh, yeah, it's great. But when it's off, then it's like, what the hell is going on here? But when it's going on right, it's just, it's just there. You worked with a lot of local actors down here, Mickey Ray and Dwight Kemper and, mm -hmm. and, and Greta. And uh, have you worked with them before? I have not worked with um, anyone from Tales of Dracula, I believe. I'm trying to think here. I don't think I've worked with anyone prior to the Tales of Dracula film. Um, some of the people I've worked with afterwards, I mean, specifically uh, Cassandra Hayes and uh, Greta, I, I have problems with her last Vulcan name. Vulcan. 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 Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, Greta. I did that to you the other day, too. Let's just say Greta. <laughs> Beautiful, deadly Greta. Um, yeah, because I've done uh, a couple of different things with Cassie. Actually, the vampire thing that I did before, mm -hmm. uh, that was with Cassie. Um, I did something with Gret Gretchen, Gret Greta. Greta. I always get it mixed up. Um, with a short film that we did uh, together uh, called Blessed Are the Meek, where we're all wearing like skull makeup. She's got a more of a Mexican style. I have a I more menacing style. Yeah. And that was a tough role because um, that was like me throwing multiple personalities and it was kind of like a Joker light kind of character and I just kind of went off. And there's a lot of... It's, it was a really fun role to play, and I hope uh, that comes out. I think it's coming out later this year as part of a... There's several short films. Mm -hmm. It's called Empire of the Dead by um, SRS Cinema LLC uh, with Ron Bach as the head of all that. So. The guru. Yeah, um, the and guru. that was with Matt Peters with uh, Managing Films. So on the Tale of Dracula page, you have an action figure. Yeah, um, I hope I can get one. <laughs> They're pretty cool. Yeah, I, that was uh, that was quite a surprise to see that. Um, you know, um, and also a surprise to see that it's like hmm, I, I don't recall having cheeks that rose. You know, rosy little cheeks there. But hey, that's okay. It's very <laughs> no, but that's I'm not going to criticize it because I mean just to just to have something have like that. I mean, yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, I I can't deny it. It's it's quite an honor to have that bestowed upon you oh, I mean, gosh. especially you know i mean people can make their own action figures nowadays i mean the technology. stuff like that but just have that done for you and all of a sudden it's like wow okay i need to, i need to get one of those that's pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah um well, tonight being the premiere and there's going to be folks there and it's going to be a good time and you're going to see that you're going to see it done mm -hmm. and, and up there when you're watching yourself from that perspective, 
are you like a kid in the candy store? Ooh, ooh, and looking at all the great stuff? Or, or do you get lost in the film? I'm actually my worst critic. There are times where um, I have this weird detachment. It's almost like I'm watching somebody else. I'm not watching myself because, you know, and, and the, I can see that because it's like, it's not me. It's me, but it's not me, me. Right. Or mini me or any of the me's actually, you know. So I always, it's always strange sometimes. I shouldn't say, so I just contradicted myself. It's weird, but, though. Um, it is. It's, it's like I have this weird detachment when I'm watching it. It's almost like I'm just watching somebody else doing some, something. And I'm. And you can get entertained by that. Well, the, the problem is there's a fine line there. You got that weird detachment. And then, again, I'm my own worst critic. So I'll be like, oh, I wish we could have done that again. Oh, we I could have done that better. Oh, I could have. Uh, I didn't hit this like I wanted to, uh, you know, so it's, sometimes it, it can be kind of hard. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of famous actors who don't even watch their own That's works. True. I, I could actually, That's true. I could see myself turning into that, although I hope I don't. I mean, I, I you know, I am my biggest fan. I mean, well, yeah, well, you gotta for be, the right? most part, so. You might be any day. Yeah. Is there, do you have any tips for aspiring actors that are trying to We could to be here for another this. hour if I wanted to do that. Um, we'll just say. If you, if. You know, I mean, I'm I'm pretty approachable. I've I've had several people, even people from the cast um, that I've worked with, who've asked me about either like how do I how do I get um, so many gigs? I mean, I'm not I'm not acting as much as I was, and that's part of my method acting as a broke actor. That's all part of that. <laughs> um, but it's uh, um, but the, you know, I've had people ask me about that. I've had people ask me advice on you know, what to do with acting and stuff, and I'm pretty approachable, you know, as long as I'm not in the middle of doing something, uh, or like out to dinner with my girlfriend, and, you know, we're there, and that's well, our moment, and stuff yeah. helps, and they just come in and just blast, you know, um, you know, but even, you know, even then, it's, you know, I'm pretty approachable, it's, you can ask me, you know, any you advice a, or something like that. A Facebook page that they can ask you with? Yeah, Facebook, and... I, well, Almost anything. I mean, Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus. I still have a MySpace account. Um, oh yeah. Uh, no, I don't have Friendster. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that was the very first one. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I have my own website, WayneWJohnson.com. Uh, people can ask questions there. Twitter, uh, Pinterest. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's so many different ones out there, and I, I always try to establish myself on there because my name's pretty common. Even with the W on there, I mean, it's pretty common. And whatever field I'm interested, not only is there a Wayne Johnson already there doing it, but they're doing it well. And then, of course, acting, you have Dwayne Johnson. So if I become SAG, I'm already eligible. That that might be a problem for me because obviously he's already quite, quite established. Right. And the main thing is confusion. Pick a there, stage so. name. You know? um, that can be fun too. I don't know, maybe, um, I don't know, Dildio? <laughs> Wayne Dildio? <laughs> that, that might not play well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dildio Johnson? That's even better, right? Um, but I'll, I'll deal with that when the time comes. Because becoming a union is a whole different... It's a whole animal different. Animal. Yeah, it's, um, you know, because all of a sudden now you're limited in some ways and it expands in others and um, basically I don't want to be uh, here's some advice right here there's a lot of people who when they get into acting they think of SAG and the union they're like oh we got to get in this right away get in this right away don't do that um, I mean 
everyone's situation is different, but here's the thing. If you don't have a lot of experience and you don't have a lot of contacts, you don't have a lot of networking and stuff like that, and all of a sudden you go for that and you manage to get it, because usually it takes a while. I mean, I was lucky. I got it within my first year mm-hmm. of uh, doing professional acting and stuff like that. And when I say professional, it means I'm getting paid, and that's all I'm doing. I'm not working any other job or anything like that. Unfortunately, at being part of uh, the method acting as the broke actor, that kind of takes a back seat. Um, but usually I've, I know people who it takes years Sometimes they don't even get it, even after maybe ten years, they just can't get the vouchers, because it's not just being on a on a union set and doing the work. Because sometimes you can do that and you're not going to get the voucher. Yes. Sometimes it has to do with, uh, it could be just as simple as being buddy buddy with a casting director or something. That's what I mean. It's it's networking is a huge part of the whole thing. Um, but what happens is if you get that, let's say you get your union card. Okay, and you don't have a lot of experience, you don't have a lot of contacts, you just, in a lot of ways, just shot yourself in the foot. Because now, unless you go FICOR or a whole bunch of other things, which I would not recommend because eventually it can catch up to you unless you're high level and you can get blacklisted, which if you really want to be uh, acting, as far as I know, on the high level, I mean, all those actors are pretty much in the union. Okay. You know, All the musicians up there, they're all at at some point they all have to join the union um so you want to do that you don't want to be blacklisted by them but you don't want to be in there before you're ready because what happens now you can't do the non-union stuff and that's growing that's the end all the scenes are really getting up there that that gives you a chance if, at the very least it gives you a chance to perfect your craft and to work on it and now you're getting the experience now you're making the contacts and all this stuff and if you now just shot yourself in the foot by getting your sag card and but you have nowhere to go because you're not going to get, well, I, I shouldn't say you're not going to get, but the chances of you getting into SAG productions is going to be a lot less because now you don't have much on your resume, you don't have much training, you don't have much contacts. Sure. What are you going to do now? So and put you, the legwork in, put the put the. Yeah, in. I mean, it's great to, to get into the union, I believe. I've never been in it yet, but I mean, from what I hear, it's great. But make sure you're ready. Do You know, everyone wants everything quick and now, and mm-hmm. sometimes it takes a while. Less the, the, you got yeah. And you, well, it's just that don't do things before you're ready. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, people want their agents all the time. Another bit, bit of advice, because I'm being long-winded, um, <laughs> you know, and they say, oh, I just need to get an agent, and almost it's like, well, just so you can go around saying, oh, I got an agent. If you can prove that you're somebody that gets a lot of your own gigs, just in and of itself, you have a higher chance of getting the services of an agent than if you're just relying on the agent to, to do it mm-hmm. all for you. Because they've got... Well, they've got so many different people. clients and they've right. got all this stuff. So, you know, if you could say like, okay, I I know this production here. I'm going to hand this off to you. That helps them. Right. And they're not going to make any money unless you're making money. Right. Because they're getting a percentage from you. But if you're just totally relying on them, you could be just sitting there and they're not going to get you any work because it's like they're so busy with their top clients. Right. Who are making so, them money. Right. right. So, again, it's networking. It's, just, it's A lot of it's very circular and comes ebbs and flows. You know, I think so, that's the nice, the, the advice is the good stuff that people need because there's a seduction about it that it's all going to be all... Well, there's a glamour. Glamour. Yeah, that they're going to be... I'm going to be on the one way. You're going to do that, and you're going to get it real quick. And there are some that get it real quick. Unfortunately, um, it's just like music. Um, 
and any form of creativity actually it's you see the ones who make it real quick and then it's like oh uh, everyone can do that no they're the exceptions they're not the rule even though it might seem at the time that they're the rule they're more the exceptions the the overnight success that took 10 years is a lot more common than the overnight success that took six months right so of all your roles you've had a lot of roles Mm -hmm. what kind of superpower would you like to take from Oh, there's so many, <laughs> so many. Um, the ability to eat whatever I want and not gain a pound. <laughs> that's a great superpower. <laughs> you know, um, uh, it's, that's something that, um, uh, that's a good, uh, to pin it down, I'm not really too sure. Uh, I mean, that, what I just said is, would be a great one right there. Um, maybe, uh. You know, the easy one would be to say the immortality of Dracula, but immortality is actually a curse. You would think that that would be a drag after a while. Yeah, well, it's that, you lose people, and the whole nine yards, everyone knows about that. Um, uh, There are certain characters that I've played that were immune to harm, like, you know, so then you wouldn't be injured on set. That would be a great asset for me. Yeah, because I've been injured a number of times. I actually... uh, one of my worst injuries was on the set of Battle Dogs, actually. Uh, it's an original sci-fi movie that was filmed out in Buffalo. And um, it, was, it was such a stupid thing, too. And it's like we were doing a rehearsal. I was playing an extra as a SWAT member. And uh, we were getting out of the van because uh, they managed to grab the van, which was great. So we were doing a rehearsal, and I just, you know, I'm just getting off the van and stuff, and something happened with my leg. And literally, it was, it was I almost fell to the ground, but... You know, it was like the two bones, you know, there's a, there's cartilage in between. Mm-hmm. It was like that cartilage wasn't there, and they just slammed right into each other oh. to the point where I had to be taken out of the scene. And I literally, by the end of the night, I had, I could not walk without a cane. And at the time, you know, I'm unemployed and everything, so no insurance. So sure. I, I was laid out for a while. Um, luckily, they didn't need me. But even when I finally was able to come back on set, there was a slight limp going on, and I was in pain while I was doing all that because I had to tend to myself. And it's, you know, it, it affects you, you know, because after a while, you know, it, you know, I've done martial art fight scenes and stuff like that, and all of a sudden your leg gives out, in part because it's just never fully healed. You know? wow. So yeah. you got to be careful with that. And, and there's other perils, so that would be a good superpower, that the eating and not getting hurt. And um, I would love to be able to read minds just so... <laughs> just you could avoid you, you could just you could just avoid so many different things. <laughs> you could, you know. Well, those are great superpowers to have. Yeah. So, folks, tonight at Roberson, which is at Thirty Front Street, Bingham, Front Street in Binghamton, New York, is Tales of Dracula, and this has been Wayne W. Johnson as Dracula himself. Mm-hmm. See him tonight. See him Saturday. Oh, actually, I won't well, be here Saturday. Well, you won't be there, but you'll be on the big screen yeah. Saturday. Yeah. At 12 and at 2.30. Tickets are available at Roberson Museum. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having what me. What do you got coming up? You've got Romeo 3000. Um, there's a couple of uh, uh, different things that are, well, there's two things that are coming up uh, in terms of acting, in, in terms of to actual be fi- actually be filmed. Um, earlier this year, I did a short film called Genghis or G-Con. Where I played Genghis Khan, right. and uh, although I think I have a picture of that, I'm putting yeah, up. Yeah, and for um, 
it's funny because only in the beginning at the end I am actually playing like like you would think Genghis Khan is everything else is totally different from there which is one of the appeals to the role um, and that's supposed to be out I think uh, at least locally in Syracuse next month and I don't know if he's going to put that on the on the web or not for streaming uh, and I have several other things that I've done within the last year or two that are supposed to be debuting this year too hopefully it's going to be so, the year yeah I hope so um so I can actually stop doing that method acting as a pro actor, you know, because, I mean, it wears on you after a while. Um, uh, but in terms of actual filming to get started, uh, towards the end of June, I'm uh, playing a role called, uh, just, his name is Reaper, like the Grim Reaper, but it's not, not Grim Reaper, but it's just, that's his name, it's just Reaper, and he's in a movie called uh, Plane Walker, which uh, is being done by a gentleman named uh, Jeff Orlowski from Utica. And um, that's like a sci-fi movie, and uh, that's me. I'm I'm being an evil guy, and I'm kicking butt and all that stuff. So that that should be fun. That would be fun. Um, Utica's a great haunted place. Is it? It's a great haunted place in the or Utica. Utica, is, Utica, yeah. It's got I, my favorite cemetery. If you get a chance to go, there's a cemetery up in Utica. Mm -hmm. It's got a big eagle kind of thing, and the art and the death is beautiful. The statuary is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Well, I. I on a related note to that, I remember talking to a producer in uh, Syracuse, and he was looking for a location for, like, a horror movie, and I suggested some places in Utica, and he goes, nah, I'm looking for a post-apocalyptic one, and Utica is definitely where well, to downtown go. downtown it is, yeah. Well, there's, I've been in so many ruined warehouses in Utica yeah. filming and stuff, and some of them are just absolutely disgusting. I mean, you got this stuff that looks like liquid asbestos that's on the ground. Right, and stuff. Yeah, I know, It's and you got spiders that are as the body's as big as your thumb. And, yeah, that's yeah, not that's, a good Yeah. Um, well, um, so there's that. And um, and then uh, the Romeo 3000 role, mm -hmm. which arguably going to be one of the toughest, if not toughest, roles I've done to date because there's so much dialogue in this. It's, um, it is based on the, the Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet, okay. although it's in the future of 3000. There's cyborgs, there's uh, mutant, mutant muti or mutants, as they're uh, known as. Uh, and there's so many twists and turns, and I played the role of uh, Tybalt. Um, originally, I was supposed to actually play Romeo, and it was slated for me to do that, but then I put, I actually stepped aside from that, and I said I'll play Tybalt instead, because this was before we even started casting and everything, because, um, number one, the Tybalt role seems to, I it was definitely playing more to my strengths, although the Romeo role was the title role, and there's things that I wrote in there that, definitely come from my own experience the Tybalt role just kind of spoke to me more it just seemed more flowing it was like you know if I, I was like well if I play Tybalt and I can live with somebody else playing Romeo if I play Romeo I'll be hitting myself constantly if I'm not playing Tybalt so that was one of the final things right there and uh there's just so much I mean I'm it, it's 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 gonna be long it's it's actually arguably gonna be hard on everybody because it, the Shakespeare flavor is in the dialogue it's not total Shakespeare, so we're not going deep you're, down you're, all yeah, that stuff. But some of it is there, you know. I am of the belief. I be of the belief that this, you know. So there's the flavor there, and there's a lot of speaking, but there's a lot of action too. Good. So it's mixed in. It's not just, you know, where like the original, where there was there was some action, but most of it was dialogue. There's action in, intermixed, and there's a lot of layers in this. So that would be nice. It, it's uh, and Matt usually gets stuff out kind of quick in terms. You know, there's guys that take five years or more. He usually gets stuff out within a year or two tops. 
So he's well, when that's getting that. ready to come out, I'll have you back and we'll, we'll plug. Yeah, that would be great. And you, you can see how fried I am, <laughs> you know, because I, I probably will be in more ways than one. Um, a very happy actor. Yeah, and uh, then there's something that um, right now there's two other things that are uh, in the works, but they're they're really far off, and I don't know when they're happening. There was one called Nature of the Beast, uh, where I play like a goth rock singer in that, but um, unfortunately, production for that is has, pre-production has kind of slowed down because they lost a, pro a producer that was at the, at that time he had a lot going on with all that stuff, but now that he's been taken out of it they got to remove all of his stuff out of the stuff and everything so and that's out of state that's that would probably be the last i knew they were they were they're always moving around the last i knew that was going to be down in louisiana but now i don't even know what's what's happening with that uh so i mean it's just kind of on hiatus at the moment and then um the other one is uh it's unnamed i'm not sure i'm already cast as the lead in it though uh it's from i'm going to say his last name wrong because uh, uh, Anthony Polonina, Polonia, Polonia. Sorry, Anthony. I'm so. I'm, ah, but um, I did a film for him last year called Zillafoot, which is the, like in the classic Ultraman Godzilla vein. Oh, really? And I was the I was the comic relief. I was like the bumbling professor. We all have like that English dub voice and stuff like that. I have the mustache on. I'm acting kind of really goofy and stuff. I had a lot of fun with that role, just because it's so different than what I normally play. And. Um, you know, and it, again, classic Godzilla, the 60s, Godzilla, Ultraman stuff. It just comes yeah, right out of there. Stuff. And it's all, yeah, no CGI. Pretty much, It's pretty much all hand oh, animation and I stuff. Like so that. that hopefully is supposed to be coming out this year, too. But he's got this uh, other production that he wants to do. Um, I don't know what the name of it's going to be. I don't know. I don't have a script yet or anything like okay. that. And we're still working out the details. But, so you've got a lot going on. There's, well, there's that. There's some other stuff that I've talked with some other people where it's just totally in the talking stages, so I, there's no point in mentioning it right now because I can just easily will. fall through. But, yeah, if you want me back after Romeo, that would be awesome. Absolutely. So thanks, folks, for joining us. And uh, check out Wayne's Facebook page and all the other social media sites that they that he's on uh, yeah just you could start at my personal site at waynewjohnson.com and just go from there because i have on my links page it's every page i'm on is right there even some that i there was like uh, there's like a, a russian imdb page or something that i found on a google search and that's like oh i'm there okay well why not why not thanks everybody and enjoy your day thanks for coming to water's edge and next time come on in the water's fun thanks bye